Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of This Is One Single. Now today's episode is a pilot edition episode which means we will be reposting an episode previously done on the on the podcast. Why can't I not speak? Why? Because I'm getting my teeth done at the moment because I was in a car accident. So today's episode that we're reposting was the very very first This Is Why I'm Single episode which was recorded at 5am on a Saturday morning just before I had to cancel all my work for that Saturday, cancel all my clients. Um, If you listen to the episode you'll find out why. The episode is called The Man With Two Names. <laughs> um, as I said, it was recorded at 5.40am in the morning. So if you listen back, sometimes I mispronounce my words and I sound a little bit drowsy. And there are times where the sound isn't of the best quality. But it's one of my favourite episodes that I've ever done. And I think that it's really important now that the world is opening up that I'm offering stories that, you know, we all like to romanticise gay hookups as something that we do once, we never do again because you find a perfect stranger each time. But reality is that it's not really like that for most people. So this is why I'm single, because the man had two names. Enjoy. So before we go into the episode, I need to explain two things. As part of the Front Room podcast, I do a section called a Joyful Noise section. So I start off most of the episodes singing a song that makes me give a joyful noise. Now, a joyful noise is not necessarily on key or in tune. It's just however I'm feeling at that particular day and whatever song takes my mind. And also, the, the this episode contains topics of drug use and chemsex. So before we go any further, trigger warning, this episode contains issues of drug use and chemsex. Thank you very much. Enjoy. In the middle of bedroom, kitchen on the hallway, now give me a leg room, and a little bit of foreplay, and I got a minute right time, just tell me what you're feeling, cause it's always the right time, for love sometimes you gotta do it, do it, ooh, don't talk too much, just kiss and touch me, but do it, do it, all day like the radio, so turn me up. Keep me bumping Like I'm your favorite song But it ain't nothing more Making love It don't mean nothing So turn the music up I'll be your favorite song Oh, one in one Oh, we're having some fun In the bedroom all day And all of the night Kelly Rowlands, people Kelly Rowland, one of my favourite Kelly Rowland songs from Here I Am, the best Kelly Rowland's album. Like, if you don't know about that Kelly Rowland's album, I don't know why you're listening to this bloody podcast because I, I go night for you. Anyway, let's pay some bills, shall we? Let's pay some bills. I'll see you on the flip side with another song. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Is Why I'm Single. This Is Why I'm Single is brought to you by the Front Room Podcast. And will be produced every couple of weeks 
simply because, you know what, I'm tired of people asking me why I'm single. So I'm going to give you the stories, the tea, the shade of a young black man that isn't so young anymore trying to find his Prince Charming, a.k.a. a muscled up leather daddy with melanin skin. Okay, cool. So, today's episode is entitled The Man With Two Names. Enjoy. And I'll see you on the flip side. So this is why I'm single today. It is currently 5.40am in the morning. I've had to text on WhatsApp all of my clients for today and tell them that I'm not going to be in to work because I haven't been able to sleep. The reason why I haven't been able to sleep is a very long story. So I shall start at the beginning. Once upon a time, there was a gay called Sebastian. Sebastian wanted to meet a young black man and have himself a relationship. So Sebastian decided that he was going to date. Sebastian decided that he was going to hook up. And Sebastian decided that he was going to go on Grindr and find other young black men that wanted to do similar things. So on a Friday in a EL town called Zandon, in a part of the town called South London, where there seems to be a very, very particular type of black guy available, Sebastian found himself a young man. And that young man will shackle Che, because that is the name that he gave on his grand approval. Even though later in the story you'll find out that that's not his name. Anyway... Jay and Sebastian hooked up. Sebastian went to Jay's house, which, lo and behold, is in a high-rise, typical black, gay, South London, can't live on the ground floor or the second floor or the first floor. No, like some fairy tale of ye elders, we have to climb the tower and go to the 10th floor, maybe the 11th, maybe the 15th. On this occasion, it was the 10th. So we go to the 10th floor, and we meet Jay for the first time, and Jay is very cute. Jay is a black bear slash Latino, a mulatto in the skin colour. It's like teeth, he's lighter than Seb, and about a foot shorter. And he's like, oh, you're a lot bigger in my life. I was like, yes. All the better to see you with my dear. Anyway, needless to say, we get down to things, and then I... Kissing in shoes, chatting in shoes, talking in shoes. We then go into the bedroom and further things in shoes. At which point, Jay tells Seb that he's normally a top and hasn't bottomed in a long while. He's like, oh, princess. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair because you know what, I got this. So, after doing many, many things that are, as a good Christian boy I'm not supposed to, we finally get to the point where we put on the condom and we're actually having a good time. And Jay seems to be having a good time, he's very responsive. We fucked in the bedroom, on the bedroom floor. At what point he wanted his drink, so we managed to go from the bedroom to the kitchen. 
It was at the kitchen that he told me that he needed to relax some more and that he wanted to take some drugs, which I told him, uh-uh, no, 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 no. If you read my profile, it says, I do not take chems. He pursued and went on further, and I was like, again, let me make this very clear. I do not take drugs. I do not take drugs in, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on Friday. I do not take drugs in the morning, in the evening, or the afternoon. I do not take drugs at strangers' house. I do not take drugs in a club. I do not take drugs in my own house. I do not take drugs in my own bedroom. I do not take drugs when I'm going out. I do not take drugs when I'm going out, out, out. I do not take drugs. We thought it was all fine. We got, went back to the bedroom, at which point he told Jay tells Seb that he wants to get another drink. Seb's like, cool, it's fine. You get yourself some more vodka. When Jay returns to the bedroom, it's very clear that he hasn't just taken vodka. He's taken whatever was in that baggie. So he tries to kiss Seb and instantly, because I don't take drugs, what tends to happen with me, and I need to explain this very clearly, that I have a liver condition and which means that I'm, my body is ultra sensitive to any kind of chemical whatsoever, even down to aerosols in the air. Yeah. So if you touch me, kiss me while you are high on drugs or have drugs in your system, what happens is I get a tingle on my tongue as if the same way I do when I'm allergic to reaction to food. Yeah, it's similar. It was instant. So I pushed him away and said, you're talking something, have you? No, 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 I just had the vodka. I said, what did you have in the vodka? No, 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 I'm perfectly fine. Tries to kiss me again. I was like, mm, yeah, no, this is not the one. I told you that I don't take drugs. And furthermore, you're not just endangering you, you're endangering me because my liver condition means that your drugs could kill me. So that's a no. So I went to the bathroom and when I was in the bathroom, peeing, I heard a loud bang as Jay proceeded to fall off the bed and slide to the floor. I thought, okay, this is how this is going to go down, is it? Cool. So the naked man is now in a K-hole. I assume it's a K-hole, yeah, because I've only seen it that somebody that fucked and not had a dick up their ass three times in my life at my mate's birthday party in a club with other people for gym works in the second year that I started and this time with Jay and all of those times it's because someone was taking ketamine so I pulled him up onto the bed he couldn't sit upright I made him stand he couldn't stand I pulled him to on my body and walked him into the living room. I propped him up on the couch so that he wouldn't vomit everywhere and he was sitting upright. I then went through the kitchen drawers and kitchen cupboard looking for something to help him line his stomach or some vitamin C, something that will bring him, give him energy to loot whatever drug was in his system and get him up. Bring him up as the case may be from his KL. 
Needless to say, being a guy, there was only water and coffee and a little bit of milk in his fridge. Now, I know that if I give him milk, it might line his stomach, but it's also going to make him vomit. So as I was going through the kitchen looking for milk and he decided to try and get off of the couch and then fall back on it and then slide to the side, which means that he could choke on his own vomit. After readjusting him like some ragdoll at the end of a kid's bag, I then went back. I ended up emptying the fruit bowl, putting it beside him and giving him the milk and then waiting for what would inevitably happen, which is vomit. So, that takes about 20 minutes. Yeah, he drinks the milk, he won't drink the milk. He drinks the milk, he won't drink the milk. He drinks the milk, he won't drink the milk. Finally, he drinks enough milk that he actually starts to vomit. And because of whatever was in his system, he vomited up the milk a little bit. Choked a little bit, vomited up some more milk. I got the bowl underneath him by this time, and he's vomiting into the bowl. And as I'm holding the back of his head, I'm thinking, okay, cool, that's the first run. We're probably gonna have to do this three or four times. But the way he's vomiting, and then because he was, bot- I mean, I don't think he was eating anything, so he's now dry vomiting. So I was like, okay, cool, we're gonna take you into the bathroom. I'm going to put some cushions on the floor. We're going to prop you up against the toilet. And then we're going to let you vomit out whatever's left in the system. He doesn't want to do that. I take him to the bathroom. He sits on the bathroom toilet. I won't stand up. But I tell him that he's probably going to vomit soon, so he should be standing up. He then proceeds to vomit down his legs. I grab a towel. I wipe the vomit off his legs and then I put his head towards the bin. Sorry, the toilet bowl. I put him on his knees. I put the towel that's got his vomit around him so that it won't go anywhere else. And then proceeds to watch as he dry vomit. So he's vomiting but nothing's coming up. So this could be dangerous. I can't just leave him because he's in a K-hole. So he could literally fall asleep and vomit in his sleep and not wake up. So now we're at the point where I now have to call the ambulance. I can't remember the address of the flat that I'm in, so then I have to go through the app that we hooked up on to find his address and location again. I'm doing all this while communicating with the lady. She was very nice, the lady from the London Ambulance Service. She wasn't judgmental in her tone, even though I could see her typing away and rolling her eyes in the back of her head, thinking, these fucking gays, and they're throwing out hookups. So, we get the address, we get the correct postcodes, even though Jay is shouting at me the wrong one. He's also telling me that he doesn't know where exactly he is in the world. Really, bitch. I think I'm in my own house as he comes up to me, puts his head on my shoulder, the same head that he vomited with, so he's got vomit all over his lips, yeah, and tells me, asks me where he is and what happened to him because he doesn't know what happens to him and he didn't understand. I said, well, princess, what happened is you were brought me in for the first time 
in a while and you got scared of my dick. So you decided that in order to take cock tonight, you would need some chems. And then you took some chems, but you didn't actually know what it was. Yeah, I don't know if I said that earlier, but when he pulled out the bag, he told me, I asked him what it was and he couldn't even tell me. So I said, that's not a good idea. You don't even know what's in his bag. I'm assuming, because it's two gays in that household and his flatmate's away, that the flatmate had left the drugs on the side and he just thought it was a good idea to take it because, you know, but I mean, and obviously being black, you can't just be a bottom and just be a bottom. No, you have to be a bottom while you're high because then at least you don't have to explain why you're bottoming. Anyway, so we've called the ambulance and the final thing the ambulance said to me was, we're very busy tonight. So please don't call back unless his situation worsens. Please make sure that he's sitting. If he falls forward, lay him on his stomach so he can vomit up whatever he needs to, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, only call back if you want to cancel the ambulance and put the phone down. So there I am. And then I look across at the bedroom and I realise that my butt-ass naked... And there was an ambulance coming, and it might be two women. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to put some underwear on this man. So then I proceeded to go through his sock drawer, find a very nice pair of white spank Kevin Clydes, and got him to put one leg in, and then the other, and get him at least a little bit covered up. As I was just finishing off, about two minutes later, there was a knock at the door, and lo and behold... The ambulance men were here. I'm guessing because I said it was a gay hookup that they said two men and not two women to the household. So I was like, come in, come in. And they were like, oh, is the ambulance for you? I was like, is it a fucker's like? Where is the patient? He's next door. Okay, cool. Do you know what he's taking? Nope. Did you see him take it? Nope. Did you know what he was taking? No. Nope. All I saw was a white bag of powder when he asked me what it was told me what he was, I do, he doesn't know. So, what we're going to do, the ambulance men were very, one of them, okay, let's start for a bit, one of them was tall and very straight, one of them was blonde, Australian and gay, yes. So when I said to him that this was a grinder hookup, he just looked at me with the pity, just like, oh, bless you, <laughs> bless you, my son, yes, queen. Feel by pain. So anyway, they did what they needed to do. They took blood tests. He was sweating. He didn't know what he was, where he was. He didn't know what was happening. He didn't know what was doing. So yeah, and I'm standing there and I'm thinking, oh fuck! If this ambulance needs to take him to hospital, how do I lock this man's house? Where are his shoes? Where is his coat? <laughs> I need to get out of here as well. So I can't be sitting in no stranger's house till his flatmate arrives in the morning and I have to explain to his flatmate, oh, well, I could have just left and left the door open. But, you know, black people, my mother, you know, she would be more pissed off at me, yeah, for leaving someone's house unattended while they were in hospital 
than she will be for the fact that I went round to a stranger's house and tried to fuck him with my penis. Anyway. So, the ambulance people... I bring shoes and they're the wrong size because they're actually his flatmates. They put some flip-flops on him. Meanwhile, I found some sketches and that was the fucking last straw that this man has the cheek to be bowling down the street in fucking sketches. Anyway. We get him dressed. I basically had the T-shirt and the sweatpants that he greeted me at the door in on the beds i got him another sweatshirt but but this time the australian gig i had already got rifle for the wardrobe and got him a black sweatshirt and then we put the sketches on him they told him that they would have to take him to the hospital because he's too unsteady on his feet and we need to get him better they asked him if he had any id he said he had his passport in the drawer when the guy put the straight guy pulled out this passport he said oh his name's Francisco. I was like, yeah. Well, you said his name was Jay. And the Australian guy goes, yeah, they hooked up on Grider. You don't give your real name. And he's like, uh, okay. So, they pick him up, two by two, one on each side, flanking the man. They take him to the lift. I lock the door. I hand the keys to the Australian gay guy. And I was like, my job here is done, isn't it? He's like, yes. I was like, bye. He's like, bye. The pity in his eyes as he realised what the horrible night I probably had. And you know what I did? I went downstairs. I unlocked my bike. As I was unlocking my bike, I took one last look as Francisco was taken arm in arm by two burly ambulance men into the back of the ambulance, I thought, do you know what? This is why I'm single. So yeah, that was the man with two names, Jay and Francisco. It's so funny. Because what I don't go into in that episode is the fact that in a couple of days after that happened, this man actually messaged me on Grindr, trying to say that he didn't know what happened and giving me all these crappy excuses. And then he had the cheek to come and block me uh, because he didn't like my reply. As you can probably gather, I wasn't really gracious in my reply to him. And... I don't, you know what, it's one of the things where, with Grindr, it's an app that's easy to use, but once you know that you're dialed into using it, you have to accept the consequences. Now, I talked to my therapist when this happened, and she was like, oh, you were very aware, you were very alert, you were very, like, caring, As, but I'm just like, I hope... How I want to move in this situation is I always hope that I will treat someone how I would want someone to treat me. So even though he was completely in the wrong, even though he did something very inappropriate, even though he tried to force me in a situation that would endanger my health, not just his, even though he didn't listen to me or respect my wishes or 
consent when it came to chemsex. There was someone in my vicinity that needed my help and I was gracious enough to give it. And I hope that people around me would do the same thing to me if for any reason I got in that situation. I don't know if I ever would. But come see Kansai, you never say never. So, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you are having a good Pride Month. I know the festivities haven't really kicked off yet because most of you are in Tel Aviv. But if you're in Tel Aviv Pride, you're not really the kind of gay that's ever going to listen to a Black Positive podcast, are you? No, you're really not. So, thank you for listening. Um, my name is Seb Ed PT on Instagram or 140% Fitness on Instagram or Seb Ed PT on Twitter. You can contact me on the Front Room Podcast on Instagram as well. And you can also send any questions you have to the Front Room Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. I will see you. You'll hear me same time next week.